0: Hey, welcome to the JM Sports and Wrestling Podcast, where you will hear the latest in wrestling and sports. Nothing here is off limits, so let's get started. So I'm back again, and man, have we had a busy day today with the Los Angeles Lakers, who had a big night last night, signing signing the King, LBJ, to a four-year, $153.3 million deal. Now today, the Lakers go out, and they bolster up the point guard position, giving some you know, competition to Lonzo Ball. And the person they brought in is really going to push Lonzo Ball to be the best he can be. They, re- they signed Rayjean Rondo to a one-year, $9 million deal. I was surprised about that because I definitely didn't see that on the radar. I didn't hear anything about it. Um, not even as a rumor, didn't hear Rondo on the radar. Um, so it definitely came as quite a surprise. But I think the bigger surprise was the Lakers renouncing the rights of their power forward, now former power forward, Julius Randle. Randle stepped up last year. He balled out under Luke Walton and Luke Walton's system. My question would be, you're telling me there's no way LeBron, Julius Randle, and those guys can coexist? Did they do it so they could clear out $12 million in cap space so they can continue to go after Kawhi Leonard? Or... And I thought about this earlier while I was at work when I saw all this coming across my phone. Are the Lakers planning something even bigger than that? Bigger than Kawhi? On Bleacher Report earlier, it was shown that Anthony Davis of the Pelicans just bought a mansion about, I think it was either 30 minutes from Staples or an hour from Staples Center in L.A. That got the internet wondering Are the Lakers going to try to go after Anthony Davis and pair him up with LeBron? You bring Rondo in, that point guard who can, you know, pass and very good passer. Very, very strong passer. You go get AD to put with LeBron. I mean, you can make it happen. I mean, you can make, you could trade Brandon Ingram, you could trade Kuzma, and two first round picks. Over to New Orleans, and New Orleans may say, Yeah, we'll take that. Because I have to wonder does. I mean, New Orleans got to the second round of the playoffs, and it was a competitive, you know, second round series before they got eliminated. They swept Portland, which wasn't, you know, supposed to happen. Everyone thought Portland would go for it and, and get that series win. Let me ask you guys something out there in Anchorland, right? If you were the GM of the Lakers, if you were Rob Polinka, if you were Magic Johnson, would you bolster your team by going after Damian Lillard, the point guard of the Portland Trailblazers, who has expressed interest of not wanting to play in Portland anymore? Or would you try to trade for Anthony Davis? Who do you think would benefit LeBron James better? I have to say, LeBron James is a... He can play all five positions. He can bring the ball down run the point. He can be your shooting guard. He can be your small forward on the wing. He can be your power forward. Or at times, he could play center. I mean, he's, what, 6'10"? LeBron's a big boy. He can play all five. If you want to take pressure off LeBron James, I would think he would have to go after Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is the guy you go for. No disrespect to Damian Lillard. He's big time. I love Damian Lillard's game. I think he would fit well with LeBron. But if you can get... If you can, for example, let's do this. Say the Lakers trade for Anthony Davis. You could have a roster of Lonzo Ball or Rajon Rondo at the point. You could potentially move LeBron James to your shooting guard. And then you can have Ingram at the three. And Anthony Davis at the four, at the power forward position. Or you could flip... Ingram and LeBron, and you could put Ingram at the two and LeBron at the three. But either way, if you could have a roster of LeBron and Anthony Davis, you know, along with Ingram, shoot, Kuzma. You could put Kuzma at the two. You could go Lonzo. You could go Kuzma at the two. I think Kuzma's a good enough shooter. You could put him there at the two. LeBron at the three. Anthony Davis at the four, and then whoever you have at center, right? You could do that. That would be that would be stacked. Or let's look at it from the other scenario. Damian Lillard at the one. You would obviously have to give up Lonzo Ball in that deal. You may have to give up Ingram for him. You may have to give up Kuzma. Or both. I mean, the Lakers aren't parting with both. They've already said Kuzma's untouchable. Kuzma's not going anywhere. So let's just say for the sake you know, of argument, It's Ingram that has to go. Lillard, Kuzma, LeBron James. I mean, do they have enough assets to try to go after Anthony Davis as well? I don't know. But I mean, your roster would look a lot better if you had AD to pair up with LeBron and Rondo. Those boys. Either way the Lakers go here, they're going to be you know, you know they're going to be in great shape. Also, on top of that, they could still sign Kawhi Leonard next summer. So by this time next year, if Kawhi doesn't come to the Lakers, and let's say the Lakers make a deal for Davis, here's what your projected starting lineup could be for 2020. Or the summer of 2019. Yeah, so, all right. Rondo. You could have Rondo. You could have Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, or whoever you want at the five. The Lakers are going to win some titles here sometime in the next four years. The question is, how soon? Won't be this year. I think LeBron James, you know what I heard, I think it was Max Kellerman said this this morning. LeBron James came to L.A. so he could take a year off from all the pressure that he's had to deal with the last eight years that he's gone to the NBA NBA Finals because it was just LeBron James in the East. Who else was supposed to challenge him? So if LeBron didn't make it to the Finals, it would have been a disappointment because we all know the Eastern Conference isn't as strong as the West, not even close. Now you move to the Western Conference, if you're LeBron, you still have Steph Curry and the Warriors who, by the way, landed Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus um, Cousins on a one-year deal. If DeMarcus Cousins comes back and plays the way he played before he got hurt, 27-12, and holy shit, the Warriors are going to be even stronger. Um, So, you know, the Warriors put themselves in a good position. All depends on what happens with Boogies, Achilles, and what happens there. But the Lakers aren't getting... I was hearing today that the Western Conference Finals is what they is what would be considered a, a success. I, I disagree. If LeBron can get them to the playoffs, which he will, and can get them a playoff series win where they, he can win a series, I think that's success right there. I think that would be good success for him, taking that depending on how the roster looks. Now, if the Lakers go ahead and just say, screw this, we're going to trade for Kawhi, then obviously the pressure is going to you know immense a little bit and it's going to come up because they're going to say well now you have Kawhi Leonard now you got to get to the Western Conference Finals if not the NBA Finals and try you know to get there by dethroning Golden State Golden State getting Boogie Cousins they just put the league on notice they're not ready to relinquish their crown just yet Houston lost Trevor Ariza they took a step back everyone thinks that you know, it's going to hurt him, but not hurt him that much. Well, guess what? The separation between Golden State and Houston has just, has just gotten a little bigger with DeMarcus Cousins. Because if he comes back healthy, plays as a beast, watch out. Then on the flip side, DeMarcus Cousins is a cancer. He sits there. He doesn't get along with anybody. He's always argued with head coaches. He's always been trouble in locker rooms. I would hope that the Warriors sit him down and go, we're not putting up with that crap here. This is not how we do it. This is not how we run our organization. You're either going to fall in line or you're going to get out. If they do that and he follows what he's supposed to do when he comes back a beast, Golden State, at least for the next two more years, I mean, who's going to stop him? Nobody in the the Eastern Conference is going to stop him. That's for damn sure. The Celtics aren't, no disrespect to the Celtics. The Philadelphia 76ers aren't, no disrespect to them. The Warriors are the class of the NBA. The only team that I feel like has a legitimate chance outside of Houston, but it won't be for maybe a year or two, is the LeBron James-led Los Angeles Lakers. We just have to wait and see what happens with the roster. See what else they add to it. You know, they signed JaVale McGee. I don't know why they did that. I'm guessing it's just for bench help. Um, Lance Stevenson. Oh, who else did they sign? I'm drawing a complete blank here, guys. I'm sorry I'm the last person. They, they signed outside of John Rondo. I think they all have to look at that hell later. But the Lakers need to make another big deal to make this thing interesting. Because as of right now, as that roster is now, they're not challenging Golden State. They could give Houston some trouble, but I don't think they're even better than Houston yet. The Lakers last year, in all four games against Golden State, even though they lost, all four of those games were close. They weren't blowouts. I don't, they weren't blowouts. So what's going to happen this year? Luke Walton being an assistant, used to be an assistant coach at Golden State. He knows Kerr very well. The Lakers will turn some heads, but it won't be... To the tune of a 10th straight NBA Finals for LeBron James. The world would have to collapse. Steph Curry would have to tear his ACL. Kevin Durant would have to blow out his Achilles. For the Western Conference. To potentially have a new representative. I'm not saying that will happen. I'm not wanting it to happen. But if injuries would be the only way. Golden State's not an NBA championship round next year. And that's just, yeah, you know, that's that's my two cents, man. That's how I feel about it. It's Golden State's league. Until someone is man enough to step up and take it away from them. And as of right now, signing Boogie Cousins, Golden State's telling you, now we have a legitimate center if he comes back healthy. We haven't had a legitimate center. We've won two titles with mediocre centers. JaVel McGee. They've won a championship with him at the center position. Zaza Pachulia, they've won two titles with him at that center position. Now they have a bona fide all-star, which they did not have at that position. And if he comes back and dominates and puts up over 20-10, and 10, the Warriors are going to be unbeatable again. You have a roster of Curry, Thompson, Durant, cousins and Draymond green those five against anybody in the league watch out i'm sorry but houston's you know cp3 james harden they lost trevor ariza you still got eric gordon i think um i think clint capella is probably going to come back i think houston will match his i think but that roster is not good enough to compete with golden state It's going to be an intriguing season. This uh, free agency, you know, span so far has been interesting. Can't wait for the season to start up towards the end of October. And we'll see what happens. Um, I'm surprised that we have not heard anything on Kawhi Leonard. I think if I heard right, the deadline was today or the Lakers were going to move on. So nothing's happened with that. So I guess we'll find out what the next chapter of that is here, probably within the coming days and weeks or months for that matter. So like I said, that is my two cents on what's going on today in the NBA. When I come back, I want to talk about some WWE news that came across my screen earlier. Bray Wyatt injured in a head-on collision on Friday. I'll be right back. All right, I am back. So I want to talk about what happened earlier today, Bray Wyatt was injured in a head-on collision, but apparently that happened last Friday, and it, the news just got out today. Um, apparently he suffered you know, multiple injuries. He's not at RAW tonight. He did not, from what I understand, did not participate during any weekend live events. And like I said, he's not on RAW tonight. His injuries were not disclosed. The severity of his injuries were not disclosed. So really it's hard to try to figure out what's going to happen because now until anything else is released that will give us a clear picture of how bad he is, this is all just speculation. I would think if his injuries were that severe, something would have come out about it. The fact that nothing's come out. And they just said he suffered multiple injuries. And the way they made it sound was. It's not that bad. He won't be at Raw. He didn't do anything you know, over the weekend. That it seems like that he'll be fine. Nothing long term. If it is something long term. Then that's. You know it takes a very big hit. To the team of Hardy and Wyatt. You know your Raw tag team champions. You know. I think they're starting to find their, you know, their groove as a team. I think they're starting to click and finally become, you know, a dominant duo. You know, they're, they're scheduled to defend their tag team championships against, you know, the B team, which is Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, which is Bray Wyatt's real-life brother, you know, at Extreme Rules. And so I guess just like the rest of us, we're going to have to wait and see how severe his injuries are hopefully they're not severe and he can get back real soon also it was announced that at extreme rules Dolph Ziggler will be defending his intercontinental championship against Seth Rollins in a 30 minute man iron match and I'm salivating at the mouth because that is going to tear the roof off the place Seth Rollins, one of the best workers right now in WWE, one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Obviously, when he's not hurting people. Dolph Ziggler has always been known as one of the greatest storytellers. I mean, they do call him the show-off, you know, for a reason. So those two getting 30 minutes in an Iron Man match to tear it up? Can't wait. That's going to be off the chain. The question is, is Drew McIntyre going to be banned from ringside? If he is not banned from ringside, I can see Dolph Ziggler retaining the title with help by Drew McIntyre. If he is banned from ringside, then Seth Rollins, I believe, will reclaim his Intercontinental Championship. I don't think that will happen at Extreme Rules. I think Dolph Ziggler is going to continue his reign. I think Seth Rollins will get one more shot at SummerSlam. My prediction being Seth Rollins gets his title back again at SummerSlam. Dolph Ziggler will retain his Intercontinental Championship at Extreme Rules. And as long as Bray Wyatt is healthy and ready to go with Matt Hardy against the B-Team, I expect Wyatt and Hardy to retain their Raw Tag Team Championships at Extreme Rules. As far as the SmackDown side goes, Team Hell No has reunited. They're teaming, they're teaming together to take on the Bludgeon Brothers for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. You know, about 10 days ago, I think somebody on Bleacher Report put out an article of how interesting it would be if Team Hell No reunited. One more run of Daniel Bryant with Kane. You know, somebody saying, you know, with the uncertainty of this whole contract situation with Daniel Bryant, which I believe he's already signed his new deal and I'll get into that in a moment. I'll tell you guys why I believe he's resigned with WWE. If he has indeed resigned with WWE, then this is an interesting wrinkle here because I would love to see one more run with Team Hell No as the tag team champions. Obviously Kane's not going to be around, you know, on this in this run for a long time because he's got I think he's going to be officially elected mayor of Tennessee by the end of the summer. So, what, Kane's back for a couple months. and So, if Team Hell No wins, obviously it's going to be a short title run. And the Bludgeon Brothers should regain it. This is probably going to be an unpopular decision. I don't think Team Hell No should win the tag team titles, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships at Extreme Rules against the Bludgeon Brothers. I think Daniel Bryan after that needs to be inserted back into the main event scene, and he should be fighting AJ Styles for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. That's where Daniel Bryan needs to be. This is all this is only if he if he is re-signed. Rumors have been that WWE is hesitant on putting him into the main event scene because they don't know if he was going to re-sign now. This is why I believe he has resigned. When WWE, two weeks ago or so, three weeks ago, made the announcement that they were coming to Australia in October, both Vince McMahon did a video and Triple H did a video. In Triple H's video, he specifically said Daniel Bryant would be fighting in Australia. Now, you're probably saying, okay, how's that tie into Daniel Bryan's contract? His contract is, ends in the first week in September. That's why I believe Daniel Bryan has re-signed with the company. Because that takes balls to sit there and advertise somebody that far off when their contract supposedly expires in September. That is the reason that I believe Daniel Bryan has re-signed. There's one other reason that I believe it. That being the main one. All Daniel Bryan wanted was WWE to clear him. That's it. You know, he did an interview where he said, here's what you can do for us to revisit your case. And he was very specific with what what WWE told him. He said that the WWE doctor gave him three of the world's best neurologists for him to go see. And he said, and I quote, if those three doctors clear you, We will revisit your case. That's what happened. Obviously, they cleared him. All he wanted was to be cleared. He just wanted to wrestle. Now that that's happened, he's always said he's wanted to stay in WWE. He's always said that he didn't want to leave the WWE. And that's another reason why I believe he's re-signed or he's going to. He's also said he wants to work a reduced schedule. 100 matches per year, I believe, is what he said. And that could be, you know, on SmackDown and pay-per-views and house shows. I think he just means 100 to 100 and, I don't know, what was it, twenty five hundred fifty. So I mean, somewhere in there. He said between 100 and 150, we'll just say. That could be house shows, SmackDown, pay-per-views. You know, and then overseas tours and stuff like that. Because he wants to be, he wants to be home with Brie and his baby and, He's at that point in his career now where he doesn't want to be full-time, but he wants to be a little more than just part-time. He doesn't want to be looked at like Brock Lesnar. He wants to be a guy who's there as much as he can and fighting. Daniel Bryan is not leaving WWE. I honestly believe they've either come to a deal and he hasn't signed the contract yet, but they've come to like a little wink-wink, you know, type of deal. Like they've come, they've agreed on terms. Or... He has resigned, and they're just keeping it quiet. You know, I guess until the right time, I don't know. And in this day and age, it's hard to keep secrets. It can happen. You can keep secrets. As far as, like, if you don't want anything getting out, you can keep those secrets. But it's definitely tough. I mean, Chris Jericho will even tell you how hard it was for him when he would try to come back and try to keep it under wraps, how many lies he had to tell to keep people from guessing and things possible i and daniel bryant will stay in wwe for the foreseeable future all right ladies and gentlemen that is all the news i got for tonight i hope you guys have a great rest of your week obviously anything breaks i will do my best to report on it as soon as i can and i hope you guys have a great rest of your week talk to you later bye